Hello and welcome to the Metapod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. This and this is our 69th episode. Nice. nice, nice, and it's the 69th straight week that Jake over here has missed out on a Lusamine first place promo oh. um, at locals. Wait, they they have the because I mean those are usually for like the sanctioned events, but did they just have extras that that they bought? Well, yeah, they have so many. So my locals, because like packs are non-existent and things like that, my locals has resorted to instead of packs, you get promos and they have so many promos Uh, from back before the pandemic, because that's when product was bountiful and things like that. So they've been giving out first, second, third, fourth place promos for the uh for local nights on thursdays and sundays and i've been so close (laughs) to getting first place so many times i would have gotten it this week but actually one of our listeners will if you're listening to me donked me in the final round (laughs) so mad about it i so i've been playing mad party in standard because that's the only thing that i can build right now Mm -hmm. and with mad party you want to like go first because mm-hmm. you have to evolve and you have to go. Yeah. And plus, I think just generally going first in the format's really good. Yes. Right now. But there are times when you start the wee little teacup <laughs> and nothing else. Oh, no. And you had no search and you can't use your supporter. I, and it's like I had no search. I had all Mr. Rhymes in my hand. I had mad partiers in my hand. They just happened to be all Mr. Rhymes in big teacups, pulty guys. That's awful. And. And my and all will my opponent had to do, uh, all he had to do was find a rapid strike energy. Yeah. And then bop you for 30. Like, yeah. And so it was. It was heartbreaking. I, I, <laughs> it, was, it was really I feel I was that. so close. And Lusamine is the only place Lusamine promo that I need. First place is the only one that I need. Mm. And like last week at locals, I went three and oh and got second. Super mad about that. Did you get Sky? Did Skynet get you? When like the pairing mechanic, you went three and zero, but it gave you a second place because of resistance. Yeah, I got down paired last week for the final round, and my opponents were not doing so well that I had beaten. Yeah. And like this week, I just man, I would have if I would have won, I would have gotten first. If uh, I would have won, I would have gotten first. I'm so mad about it. I'm well, so mad about it, Sean. I mean, I will say, I also did play on Thursday. I was telling, I was telling Jake this before the pod, but. I also played on Thursday um, at a locals here in in New York, and um, it was cool seeing people who had, you know, a couple people who've never played in person before, before that night, which was really cool. Um, I tried to bring a rogue Kyogre Greninja V Union deck. It was trash. It's not good. But I played Shadow Rider Calyrex for the very first time ever. Boy, howdy. 340 damage by turn three, Jake. Absolute deck absolutely slaps it's it shadow rider can be a lot of fun and there's a lot of great decks right now and honestly the future in my opinion is going to bring more great decks but we got a lot of stuff to talk about today alongside our as always five star review including today a new segment so stay Mm -hmm. tuned for that keep listening for later in the podcast about that but whose turn is it to read it this week uh I mean, I can read this one. Why not? Okay, Sean, go just, ahead. Give us our five-star review this week. Uh, this one is from Winter at Five. Great pod. 
I am Winter at five. Yes. I have a podcast where we sometimes talk about Pokemon. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Uh, simple, to the point, and I love I love the little plug that you got in there, Winter at Five. So hopefully your podcast is doing well uh, and people are enjoying it. Um, yeah, good luck to you as a fellow podcaster. It's great because, uh, like, podcasting is real easy. Like, two ding-dongs. Like, if I can make a podcast, anybody can make a podcast. So even though I think you were the one that approached me I for did. doing the podcast. <laughs> I, I did. I mean, we've told the story, I think, many moons ago. But, yeah, I I basically was like, I want to do a podcast. I don't know who a co-host would be. And I'm like, Jake seems like a cool – I mean, like, we didn't know each other. And I was like – you seem, oh, you, you just seem messaged cool. me out of the blue. Yeah, I was like, hey, um, you're cool on Twitch uh, and all. I saw it. You seem chill. Uh, you want to do a pod? Like, maybe? Sure, so, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. 69 episodes later. Yeah, great. It's It's been great times. And you know what? We've got great times ahead, Sean. And if you know, mm-hmm. here ahead in a couple weeks, Fusion Strike. Yes. is releasing there's been a lot of hype around fusion strike there's a lot of great cards that are coming in we even talked about it in the previous week about the secret rares that are coming in that set because that was leaked but officially announced recently was the pre-release promos for fusion strike so sean let's look at these promos real quick let's talk about them and then i'll ask you what your favorite one is. We'll go buy them one by one. We'll alternate. How about that to okay. start out? Do you want uh, Do you want to take the first one? So I will take the first one here, Sean. The first one is Oricorio, a basic fusion strike Pokemon. It's fire Pokemon. It's got 90 HP. The ability is fervent. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes, fervent. I don't even know what that word means, but fervent lesson. The ability says as long as this Pokemon is in play, your fusion strike Pokemon take 20 less damage from your opponent's attacks. You can't apply more than one of fervent lesson ability per turn. So ideally, you'd probably only have one or two of these in a fusion strike deck played on the field. We saw this a lot in the Mew and Genesect fusion strike kind of box deck in Japan. Um, So especially because... You know, with the Inteleon pings and stuff, you can come into like a one hit KO meta on on big V maxes. This can actually help you out. Okay, in my opinion. Yeah, I I saw this and I was honestly a little bit like, I'm not sure about this one Um, because like I always find that the like 20 less damage, unless you're playing a deck that is very um, tanky, you know, like like Lucario Melmetal or. some of like the colossal VMAX style, like the big, the big um, uh, ground type decks back in the day, fighting type decks. Those, because you're doing a lot of damage reduction, like yeah, that twenty is fine and it adds up with other stuff. But in the in the Mew VMAX, like you're not doing a lot of damage reduction, so that to me was a little bit like I'm not sure. But if you say it's being used as a one or a two of for a specific matchups, then I guess that makes sense. It's really only for, as of right now, from what we've seen in like early videos and stuff from like Omnipoke or like Luke and stuff, this is really just like for the Mew Genesect box, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, 
And that's all I've seen it right now. But if you want to attack with it, whether it's from you or maybe you're really in a bind and you're attacking with the Oracorio, fire and colorless, passionate drop, put five damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon in any way you'd like. So giving it a little bit of flexibility with the spread, if you're doing a little bit of a slower game, I, I don't recommend doing this, but it, I mean, you can if you want. Water weakness, uh, no resistance, retreat cost of one. But Sean, what's the next one? The next one is very exciting, actually. It is Pukamuku, um, and it has the ability Pukamuku Fling, which is a great name. Um, once during your turn, if this card is in your hand, you may put this card on the bottom of your deck. Then draw a card. You can't more than use more than one of this ability during your turn, so you couldn't, like, uh, you know, if you only had four of these left in your deck, you couldn't infinite cycle this too, which is good. Yeah, it's probably annoying. like a one of, I would say. Uh, well, so I don't know. It may be a one of because you don't want too much chaff in your deck. But I actually think about this card a little bit like Judge Whistle. Um, Jake, if you're familiar with Judge mm -hmm. Whistle, it was like, I think it was a team up card. And originally the card, uh, the way it was intended is like you would play it and then you could get a Judge card from your deck and put it into your hand, which was like a supporter. It did, it basically, it was like a supporter that was like a mini Marnie, kind of. Like a early, early form of Marnie. From uh, the discard pile. Oh, from the discard. So it's like there a versus go. seeker specifically for Judge. Yeah, so it was like a versus seeker for bad Marnie. Uh, and people did play Judge in some Picarom decks back in the day, but you didn't play Judge Whistle in those decks for that reason. You played Judge Whistle because mathematically judge whistle was essentially like turning your deck into a 56 card deck if you played four because what its secondary effect was that you could choose was simply draw a card so it's an item and you could play it to just draw it's a draw one free cost item in some ways i think of this pukamuku very similarly which is yes it goes back onto your deck so it doesn't it's not thinning out your deck necessarily but whenever it comes into your hand so long as you don't have multiples in your hand it's essentially you put it into your deck, you draw another card. And I'm like, a once per turn draw, to your point, Jake, if it's a one or a two of, um, it's not bad. I think, I, I actually quite like this mechanic. I don't know if this mechanic has existed in the past, but I think it's fun. I think you play this card if you're playing level balls and scoop up nets. Yeah. Because obviously the worst case scenario is this guy is on the field. It's your starting Pokemon. <laughs> boom, shebang. Then yeah. it, I mean, even if it goes in the discard pile, then to be able to utilize it, you'd have to have like an ordinary rod or something in your list. Yeah. So I think if you're using scoop up nets for whatever reason, maybe you're like Dragapult or Luke's uh, Vaporeon Urshifu. I think this is a good addition because then if you do start it, you can get it off the field and utilize that ability. It's an 80 HP Pokemon as well. So like level ball works with it. Yeah. Quick ball can work with it. And just think about like if you know it's at the bottom of your deck or whatever, Maybe you end up getting Marnied. If you get that level ball, that's another reason to shuffle up the deck, just yeah. finding that Pukamuku, and then boom, you can use that turn. And so you could go multiple consecutive turns utilizing that Pukamuku, which yeah. I think is very, very cool. Yeah, I, I do like this. It, so of all of them, I mean, we'll see two more, but this one is the one that immediately stands out to me as being um, interesting particular yeah this is i think i agree it's the most interesting of the four i would say jake and also the art in it as well it's the recognizable art of tomokazu Ooh. komiya 
So, I mean, we've seen the different arts in this art style from them. If you're seeing this on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting platform, you may uh, just know from that name what this card could look like. So it's a pretty cool one, yeah. I would say. Jake, but another cool next? one. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, Jake, what is the next card? Another cool one is Deoxys. So if you remember this Deoxys, basic psychic Pokemon, 120 HP. It is Fusion Strike, Rapid Strike, and Single Strike. So a card with all three. I believe it's the <laughs> only card that will be of this as of right now. Um, which is really cool because cards that search out Rapid Strike Pokemon that we have, like Octillery, mm -hmm. you know, cards that search out Single Strike Pokemon, whatever that may be, and then also Fusion Strike, they're all going to work with this. So this is a multiverse Pokemon, and especially because it's a three colorless cost for its attack Photon Burst, 80 plus damage. If this Pokemon has Fusion Strike energy attached to it, it does 80 more damage. You know, that could be a really, really cool tech card. I would say it works with Fusion Strike Energy. It works with uh, Rapid Strike Energy. It works with Single Strike Energy, powering up that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, through the Houndoom could do that. I could see this being like a one of tech card index. I don't know if it's good because three energies is kind of, you know, costly. Uh, well, we do have twin energy, right? Still. Yes. And we do also, have that as well. Rapid Strike Energy would work for two energy on here. So it kind of has two double colorless energy um, in format, effectively. Um, I feel like, um, though, as of right now, you probably it probably fits best with like single strike because of the Maybe. Houndoom ability and doing yeah, because like three. I mean, three is different than two. Yeah, like three would be three is a little weird when you talk about like rapid strike energies. Mm. Uh, so specifically, the rapid strike category. Because, like, you don't want to attach two Rapid Strike energies to it, but I feel like this is a card to where you want to be able to attack the turn you put it down. And so Single Strike, at least at this point, kind of makes the most sense in that aspect, in my opinion. I'm going to look up real quick uh, what Fusion Strike energy does, unless you know. I'm pretty sure, like, the Eliza allows you... The new Eliza card allows you... Um, to like accelerate energies, but I could be uh, Ooh, okay. I could be wrong about that. It Eliza prevents... Sparkle, that's what the card is called. Choose up to two of your Fusion Strike Pokemon for each of those Pokemon. Search your deck for your Fusion Strike energy and attach it to that Pokemon. Then shuffle your deck. So I think it works like Fusion Strike and Single Strike are the ones that you work out with it because. You can use Eliza's Sparkle to accelerate a Fusion Strike energy onto mm -hmm. Deoxys, and then you can use something like a Twin Energy or Rapid Strike Energy yeah. to then attach it to that, and boom, that fills that three energy cost. Yep. But I think that's just m more awkward than Single Strike, in my opinion. Does I that mean, make sense? Yeah, I think the only thing this deck has, this card has going for it is it's you would play this, I think, for weakness, right? Yes, because you would definitely play it for 80, weakness. That's one sixty. 160 times two is 320. Now 320, you're all of a sudden in uh, VMAX Oko territory, right? Mm -hmm. I, I Yeah, so the fact that you have all of these options of energy types means that I, I think it can be played in a variety of decks, but you do have to play the Fusion Strike Energy in it, whatever deck you're playing. Um, yeah, I think it could be really interesting against like 
Rapid Strike or Shifu VMAX. That I think is its best like counter to it, in my opinion. But Sean, what is the final one that we've got of the four pre-release promos? The final one is Latias. Uh, It's a basic fusion strike Pokemon. The ability it has is Red Assist. Once during your turn, you may use this ability to attach a Psychic from your hand to one of your Latios in play. Uh, interesting, it does not say Latios uh, V, Latios VMAX, Latios, what? It, just Latios. So if they mm-hmm. ever produce a V or a VMAX or V star of Latios, then that will actually be a big deal. Um, and then the attack on this one Dyna Barrier, 70 damage during your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by Pokemon VMAX. Now, that attack, to be frank, the problem with this attack is we are in a format with escape rope. Uh, it just inherently, like, if you're in a format with with Gust, those types of attacks that then, like, have an effect are kind of pointless, in my opinion. It's not like Decidueye that it's just always a thing. Yeah. Um, so that is something to keep in mind if, you know, you got excited about this card when you saw it. But the ability, though, the ability is something where I'm like, okay... Depending on the Latios that either exist in Fusion Strike or will exist in the future, um, I think that could make a huge difference as to the viability of this card long term. I know as well, just like the Oracorio, this is played as like a one of in Mew Genesect decks of Fusion Strike. Um, I saw Luke Celios Network yesterday at the time of this recording. He was playing some Fusion Strike decks uh, against his mom, and that was a method that he used with Mew VMAX. It was Mew Genesect versus Jolteon, Mm -hmm. um, the Jolteon that we know now. And what Luke was doing was just using that Dyna barrier attack to prevent Jolteon VMAX from doing any damage to the Mew active. So interesting strategy, hmm. I would say. And was the Again, thought there, I think he, it's a one of. Did he only have like one of them in the deck? I don't know exactly uh, no, not, not one what of the, the sorry. list. Uh, one, I don't know exactly what the list looked like. I know he had kind of a a more interesting build of Mew Genesect because it had the Toxtricity Fusion mm-hmm. Strike that does that ups your damage, mm-hmm. your Fusion Strike Pokemon's damage. So that would do instead of 70, like 90 damage at least in that aspect. But well, I know I think oh sorry, I, I misspoke. Uh was he just having only one Pokemon on the field? Like a Mew VMAX, that's it. No, because you have to have you have to have Latios on, on the, the field in order to use the attack. Ah, like okay. Mew copies Pokemon <clears throat> Fusion Strike Pokemon on the bench, I believe, or gotcha. in play. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that would be I mean it is annoying right like to to have to gust up a one prizer and take a turn off that way mm-hmm. but like you do that and then I guess it sets up potential Oko damage if you are the Mew VMAX player because it's like they have to take a turn off but still I don't know I think it's for me it's easy to play around which makes it less exciting for the ability uh, yeah, I don't barrier. think you I don't think you use it a ton, but I think there are situations in where you can use it. Um, yeah. I would say. But Sean, which one's your favorite out of all of them? We kind of talked about them a little bit. Which one's your favorite? I mean, playability wise, I like the Pukamuku. I think that it would make for some really interesting, fun deck building decisions to be like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm running two Pukamukus because it's essentially it's not 
fewer cards in my deck like Judge Whistle, but it's just a consistency card that like, I don't want this in my hand, obviously. So I will exchange it with another card. And like, that's pretty cool. Imagine that um, that Pukamuku in a deck that also runs um, Oranguru, right? So you can swap something to draw a card and then Pukamuku to draw the one that you drew right back. I don't know, like there, there's some interesting mechanics. Like between this and the Mew from Celebrations and Oranguru, like there's a lot of really interesting top of your deck kind of manipulation stuff that you can do. And I, I, I like that. I think if you're an Inteleon deck, because if you're an Inteleon deck, you're playing level balls. I think you play this Pikamuku. I think you play this one of Pikamuku. I think it could be cool. There's a lot of ways to search it out. Because even a lot of times as well, like, you know, especially maybe later in the game when you have another quick ball left or you have another level ball left, you're not exactly looking for like a Sobble or your basic Pokemon attacking Pokemon or whatever. So that's another utilization to draw that final boss that you have or to that final piece of the puzzle. That That's actually really interesting because it almost makes your deck more consistent as time goes on. Because mm -hmm. if you do draw into it, that's basically a, you see one more card from your deck instead of having like a dead card. Like, cause you know, you may draw like an Evo incense and like technically that could thin your deck, but if you don't have any Evo Pokemon, it doesn't really get you what you need if you need a boss, right? Yeah. Um, and especially cool. if you get like Marnied into a dead hand, yeah. like what if that hand had Pikamuku? You didn't have any draw supporters in that hand, but you had a Pikamuku at least so you can see one more card. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like Pikamuku as well. I think it's very, very exciting. But I'm also really excited about Deoxys because I think uh, yeah. Deoxys has a lot of different opportunities. And plus, Deoxys is a super cool Pokemon. So, like, it, it just works out. But I think with it having all three of those, Fusion, Single, and Rapid, and, like, the cost and a, a decent attack as well, I think it could be really cool. I mm -hmm. think it could be really cool. But I agree, like, Pikamuku is a close second in my opinion. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, actually, so speaking of all this, so in terms of the pre-release, this weekend, it should be the weekend that um, stores either start selling the kits or, you know, some stores may actually have unsanctioned events mm -hmm. um, where you can go and you can build. And so obviously, if you are doing an unsanctioned event, uh, you know, be safe about it, all that good stuff that we've been talking about for months and months now. But um, it, start, it all starts this weekend, which is very, very exciting. And you know what else is very exciting, Sean? <laughs> I mean, that got announced, I think, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, last everything week. else we were talking about got announced Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. From now on is all Tuesday stuff that released <laughs> after the podcast was released or just before the podcast was set to release. But the first thing that we're going to talk about is IRL events are coming back in full swing here soon. Last week, we talked a little bit about different regions getting uh, like league play and like uh, the ability to meet up again. But now we have gotten sanctioned Pokemon events for the world championships of 2022 opportunities to get play Pokemon points. Sean, yeah. do you remember how many play Pokemon points you had from the 2020 season? I want to say 90, 92. Ooh, I think I had 77, I think. Yeah, so I it'll be I mean it's still going to be mine are all from um league challenges and cups. 
Mine, mine as well. I have so. no regionals, or I have never even attended like a regional, so no opportunity ever to get points in like a regionals or ICs or SPEs or whatever. So I mean, now's your chance to get all them sweet regional points, Jake. Now that you yes, are no longer a collegiate uh, student slash athlete uh, announcer person. Yeah, but it costs money, Sean, and that's something that I don't have a lot of. So <laughs> we're, we'll figure that out. But if you do not know, for the World Championships, the 2022 Championships, you have to still get 500 play Pokemon points. And there's if you're many in North different America. opportunities. If what? you're in North America, it's 500. Oh, yes, I'm it's sorry. If you're for... North American Masters, I should say. Yes. So if you're over 18. Yeah, they, they did update that everybody would be... Um, moving into their respective correct um divisions now they're not going to keep people in the divisions they were at when the last season ended uh mm -hmm. but your points will still transition so i mean which does mean though that if you were in the juniors division right or the seniors and you only needed i, I don't know 200 points i don't know the numbers let's um, hypothetically say right and you had 200 well now you actually need 500 and so i do believe that invites did transfer over though so i I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a little bit like if you got an invite in a previous category, but you don't qualify for the new one. I still, I, you may still have an invite, but I'm not sure. This week, we're just going to go over the baseline stuff. We're going to go over kind of where some of these events are, maybe some tentative dates, kind of explaining a little bit about the different events, because mm -hmm. what Sean and I do a lot of times is sometimes we talk about, I even noticed this when I was talking just a minute ago, I said ICs and SPEs. Probably a lot of you don't even know what that means. Um, so I'm, we're going to kind of talk about these a little bit. But next week, we're going to be talking a lot about what you need to do in order to prepare for those events. And we're going to have some special, special stuff. I won't I won't leak it too much, but it'll be a very exciting one that I think you want on your calendars. But Sean, we got a lot of different events, including international championships, which is ICs for anyone who may not know and we also got regional events in north america and europe with more of regional and special events being announced at a later date but sean i'm just gonna i think i'm just gonna wild spin these we're just gonna go through them all yeah feel free you to run through good? the list yeah so the North American International Championships for 2022 is going to be in Columbus. This is what it's been in previous years. I think it's going to be at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. I have been to this event as a spectator. It's the only big Pokemon event I've ever attended. Uh, bigger than like a League Cup. Super, super awesome. Super, super cool. Absolutely love it. Definitely should do it if you have a chance to go out there. It's going to be from June 24th to the 26th of 2022 sean mm -hmm. do you would you you're not super far from columbus right i mean new york is not incredibly I, far i mean i would still fly i am not driving <laughs> to columbus uh that that's a long drive but i i probably I, i'm probably gonna try to go uh barring any random who knows i mean june is a long way away still Yes, we still have a lot of time Long before way. any of these events happen. But um, I I want to. I looked at the list, and I think there's about there's maybe like five of these events that I do want to try to make it out to. I but will say, see. though, if you are not from America or maybe you want to travel internationally from some of these events, 
The 2022 Europe International Championships will go from April 22nd to the 24th in Messe, Frankfurt. Uh, I, I think it's just in Frankfurt. Okay, Germany. well, Frankfurt, Germany, but I, I pronunciations, man, this is that's that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough for me. But that is from again April twenty second to the twenty fourth of twenty twenty two, and then also going into the regionals, there were a ton of regionals that were announced today. Six of them, well, not announced today, but as of today, six of them announced as of right now. And I'll go in chronological order for these. Mm -hmm. So then it is easiest for all of you to kind of understand March 18th through the 20th in Salt Lake city, Utah, April 1st through the third in Orlando, Florida, April fool's joke happening at this regional Sean. Maybe was this the one that they got the month wrong? Maybe, maybe it's May 1st. I'm I'm not sure. Is it May 1st? I know there was, there was one yeah. that got messed up. Let me look at the. But uh, I would assume that Pokey Beach, which is the site that we're using, would have it correct. But uh, we'll we'll. These are all tentative. Sean's going to be looking up, but I'll go through the rest of them. May sixth through eighth is the Indianapolis regional. Regionals coming back to Indianapolis, Indiana, where the I think North American Internationals used to be in Indianapolis. Um, I think for a while before they started going over to Columbus. So exciting because that's near me. Woo. Anyways, May 20th through the 22nd is in New Jersey. Secaucus. Yes. Uh, Secaucus. Yeah. I've never heard of that place before, it's, but um, it's a, it's in the it's an interesting place. I mean, if you know where the New York giants play the giants and the jets, it's in Meadowlands area. Okay, okay. May 27th through the 29th is over in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Canada in British Columbia. So all of our Canadians over there. Hello. We're we're coming to you. And then June 17th through the 19th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the U.S. of A. And then, Sean, in Europe, if you are not from America or maybe you want to travel internationally to a lot of these events, March 26th and the 27th will be in Liverpool in the UK. May 7th and the 8th will be in Bilbao, Spain as a special event. And then June 4th and 5th will be in Milan, Italy as a special event as well. And again, more regionals and special events may be announced later. So this is just a starting list. Um, In terms of North America, it's interesting. They've they've chosen a very clear break of like, okay, mid-March, right? Um, mm-hmm. As that's when we're really going to get things rolling. Mid-March with Salt Lake City moving from there. It makes sense, right? Like getting past the big crux of winter. And probably it's the other side of um, spring break for a lot of schools as well, which is mm-hmm. a bit of a big deal. Or, or maybe that March 18th will fall right around spring break window. But yeah, Um I don't think that we should expect to see anything before that date, to be honest. And then I I don't know. Like, they could have a few more regionals squeezed in there, I suppose. Like, there are some dates in April that you could squeeze another one or two in. But I would be surprised if there's that many more regionals in North America. I think that maybe if we get another one, it's going to be in some place like Portland or like Seattle Mm. or 
like somewhere along that West Coast, because you look at these different events, these are all like the East Side, like oh. Midwest and East. And the only Western event is Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, Vancouver. Wait, Vancouver is Vancouver is the on the East Side or the West Side? West Coast of Canada. Oh, I thought it was on the East Side. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Montreal. Well, so that's the, I mean, considering Vancouver is like on the opposite end of Canada from where the majority of the population lives. That's the one where I'm like, I could maybe see a Toronto, depending on, you know, logistics. I could see a Toronto one squeezing in in April because it'll be warmer at that point. Um, and they did have a Toronto. I wanted to say they might have had a Toronto regional scheduled last time. That was the one I was going to go to, actually. I'm pretty March sure 16th. Toronto was the one that, that was like the one the that was going to happen and then everything yeah. shut down. Yeah. Cause I remember, I remember some people from our locals were going to go to it and they got stuck in Canada. Yeah. So that's one I could see for like the East coast Canadians, giving them an option to not have to travel internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I could maybe see one of those. It is a little surprising not to see anything in Texas or California. I know that, Dallas has also been a big staple for especially expanded regionals. Now, one thing that they that we haven't mentioned yet, but they did say is all of the current regionals and ICs, every event that's listed, are standard events. There are no events scheduled for the expanded format as of yet. That also could be where we see new events pop up. Um, you know, like I said, nothing in the south southwest at all, really. Like you have Salt Lake City which is kind of in the West Midwesty kind of area, but yeah, nothing in California or Dallas. So you might see a couple of expanded regionals pop in here, I think. And that's about it. In my opinion, it'll be, it'll be really, really interesting. And uh, as we have talked about, you know, things are ever changing. Things kind of happen at the drop of a dime because of the pandemic and the world Mm -hmm. that we're in for large championships of 300 plus attendees and staff venues are to institute the following vaccination policies live attendance at play pokemon events by players audience and staff should be restricted to individuals who are vaccinated so i would say probably for every regional that you want to attend make sure that you're vaccinated because i would assume that most regionals will have over 300 people yeah i think my my gut would be is that every regional is going to just mandate a vaccine policy Mm -hmm. because they're not going to be like well no vaccine yet and then when they hit 300 be like actually vaccine no they're just going to say vaccines for everybody assuming 300 plus people any attendees and staff i mean there's going to be like 50 people on staff between judges and tos and all that stuff anyways attendees must present evidence as well confirming they are at least two weeks before the start date of the event they receive the final dose of the vaccine that is recognized by the who emergency use listing Current vaccines of the WHO list as of June 18th, 2021 are Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, J&J, Sinopharm, and Sinovac. I haven't heard about half of those. Uh, Well, it's because in the U.S. we have Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Uh, AstraZeneca, I want to say, is the European one. And I want to say Sinopharm and Sinovac might be the ones that Asia is getting more often than not. But I'm probably wrong on that one. But yeah. Interesting. Again, this is all subject to change. This is just big stuff that has been announced. This brought a lot of hope. This brought a lot of happiness in the Pokemon TCG community. Um, A lot of people were super excited, including myself and Sean. Mm -hmm. So 
fingers crossed, fingers crossed that everything goes well. But if you want to know more in terms of how to prepare for an event, what should you do getting ready for it to make sure that you're in the best possible position, not only to be able to actually play, but also do well. Stay tuned for next week because uh, that's the whole episode. <laughs> Unless something insane happens. I mean, there's always news. The day this drops. There's always news, right? So <laughs> there's always news, but we'll get to that when we get there, Sean. But you know what I want to get to real, real bad. Ah, yes. The new V-Star mechanic has been revealed, showing off Arceus V-Star, revealed by Creatures and TPCI, the upcoming mechanic. A Pokemon V-Star evolves from a Pokemon V. It's worth how many prizes, Sean? Just two. Just two prizes and features a special Pokemon ability called V-Star Power. Basically like a GX, except... It's an ability, Sean. Yeah. You can only use the V-Star power ability once per game, similar to a GX attack. So let's go over this first card, Sean. This is Arceus V and Arceus V-Star. They're going to debut in Japan's Starbirth set coming out in January. The English version of Arceus V-Star has also been revealed, but the set that it's coming in is unknown. So that'll be interesting, but skepti skeptization, skep skept well, the the you mean the RCS V or the RCS V star? Speculation is the word that I'm looking for. Yes. It, it said a lot of people are speculating that this will come in our February set. Yes, I I would agree with that. Um, there's a thing called Battle Legion that mm -hmm. um, there there have been some more leaks. We're not talking about that today, but my guess is that all the V stars. The, the first wave of them come out in the same block um, as part of the first set of the new year, to be honest. Um, now, it may not be the first set of the new year for us, although, yeah, I guess that would be for us because it, it'll probably be VMAX Climax plus whatever the Japanese set that we're missing is put into our February set as like a new set. Also, as well, let's go over these cards real quick, Sean. We got Arceus via colorless 220 HP Pokemon basic as well. Double colorless Trinity Charge. Search your deck for up to three basic energy cards. Attach them to your Pokemon V in any way you'd like. Then shuffle your deck. It's basically Ultimate Ray without the damage. And I mean, accelerating the V Pokemon specifically. I think if you are playing bead maybe or um actually bead wouldn't really work melanie melanie mm -hmm. like the only way that you're getting this off is if you are going second probably i mean i guess there are other ways to maybe pop an energy onto one pokemon really quick um there are a couple of pokemon that might do that but uh and that's a really powerful start but I, I don't necessarily see that being the way now i do like that it's colorless that is cool because it does give you the option to run this and the V-Star in a range of decks, right? So that is actually very cool. Um, it It's triple colorless attack, power edge, 130 damage. Meh, probably only using that first attack, I would say, Sean. Yeah, if, if at all, right. Um, I will say, though, the RC is a V-Star 
the colorless 280 HP Pokemon. It evolves from Arceus V specifically. Three colorless attack called Trinity Nova. 200 damage. Okay, pretty good. Search your deck for up to three basic energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon V in any way like then shuffle. Basically, it's the first attack, except it costs one extra, does 200 damage on top of it. Uh, pretty now, good. Jake, you may be able to answer this, but when it says attach them to your Pokemon V, is V inclusive of, usually it is inclusive of V Max. Is that inclusive of V Star as well, you think? I would assume it's inclusive to V star okay. if I had to take a guess. Cause that, I think that this combining this with other V stars that might come out as well. And then you could just choose whatever the energy package you want to run is that makes it particularly powerful because 200 is good. Don't get me wrong. 200 is good, but 200 is not one shotting any of the big boys, right? Um, mm -hmm. Including other V stars. It's looking like, cause this one is only two, it's 280, which is beefy. That's tag team levels of HP, but it's not VMAX HP. So it's like in the happy medium, because I think like yeah. Picaram was 240. 240, and then Mewtwo and Mew was 270. And then ADP was, was 280, right? Yes, ADP. But all of those were three prizes that you gave up. So three prize basic Pokemon. Right. We've gone back down to a two prizer with an evolution mechanic, but the HP obviously has to stay high because of what the rest of the format is going to look like with VMAXs. So. Now, the ability, the V-Star Power Ability Starbirth, during your turn, you may search your deck for up to two cards and put them in your hand. Then shuffle your deck. You cannot use more than one V-Star Power per game. So pretty good ability, Sean. Gives you a lot of flexibility. You can use it at any time. It doesn't end your turn. No. What I think, though, opens the door for this is that some V-Star Powers will be attacks. Hmm. Because you look at this, it says it says on the card V-Star Power, right, which is the category, and it specifically says ability for Arceus V-Star. That, in my opinion, it's specifying you can only use one V-Star Power in a game. I think we're eventually going to have more V-Star Pokemon that have V-Star Powers that are attacks. I think some will have attacks, some will have abilities. That is interesting. I don't know. Um... It's not a crazy idea, right? Like, because they have it's it, it's not called V Star Power Starburst, right? Mm -hmm. They it's like they put a break for those of you who are not watching on YouTube and haven't seen the card. There's basically a a literal break in the card that sections off whatever the V Star Power might be. I would, I if they do introduce attacks, my gut almost says that the attack though will come much later. And that they actually are leaning on the difference between this and GX being that it's an ability and not an attack. Mm -hmm. um, because also, I think there's a nice element of um, you can actually prevent V-Star abilities being used because V-Star power is being used because Path to the Peaks turns off abilities. Um, and there are in expanded other ways to turn off abilities. There's like... So it can work to, I think, balance out. Like, they can make some crazy V-Star powers now. And unlike ADP or other GX Pokemon, where the only way to ever stop somebody using the attack is if you said, 
if you're using like bubble hold or some nonsense, right? Which Ranger. Right. Like you can play around, you know, path to the peak by playing your own stadium, but it requires you to have things in hand. Um, and so that's almost why I think that it, they, if they keep it abilities, that is a recognition that um, giving people the option to counter a V-Star power is uh, a better gameplay mechanic and dynamic. I think it's very interesting too. You know, we talk about how these are strong. They're getting a little smaller, two prizes. I think these cards are still like super powerful though. Hmm. Um, I mean, we've only seen one, so like, who knows yeah. if the rest of them are going to be that same way, but I think this is a step in the right direction for the meta as a whole. Like the power creep is still there, but kind of dialing it back to try to get to two prizes is still pretty good. And I mean, again, that 200, I think is no slouch, honestly, oh, no. in that Trinity Nova attack. Yeah. I mean, if you have the fact that it only gives up two prizes doing 200, very good. Attaching three energy, also very good. So it just depends on where you pair this, right? Like who you can pair this with in terms of partners. Um, you know, I, I think obviously this with Inteleon is just going to keep being good because 200's maybe not enough, but 200 plus a couple of pings here and there. Hey. And think about it as well. Like Starbirth, if you don't have a way to get your Drizzles or maybe your Inteleons, like Starbirth is an easy way oh, yeah. to go get a Drizzle just straight up. Don't even use a level ball or anything like that. And then you can go get your research or whatever you need. Yeah. Um, I mean, do, I wonder, do Pokemon V unions count as Vs when they're on the field? Yes. For, for the effect of Trinity Nova. Because also, Starbirth, if you can go go get two cards... If you can grab two V Union pieces, discard them, put your V Union onto the bench, do 200, and then attach three energy um, from your deck to it. Doesn't have to be in your discard. You know, this is more, I think this actually helps V Unions a little bit, which I don't know if that will make them good because they still take up four spaces in your deck and you can prize one of them, all of which is terrible. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I. The one thing I wanted to say about this that I have, I feel like this V-Star announcement, uh, I'm going to go back to just the me and you screen now, Jake, but Ooh. I know. Uh, thinking back, though, on the entire Sword and Shield block, if you compare this to the Sun and Moon era, the XY era, um, really those three, but even you can go further back to Diamond and Pearl, right, which is which is where this V-Star mechanic is uh, born from, which is in the Diamond and Pearl era, they had level X. And so that's basically just what this is. It's level X remixed. Um, the entire Sword and Shield block, in many ways, Jake, I, I, I think that we can define it as the remix era for Pokemon TCG. Because almost every single mechanic that has been introduced as part of Sword and Shield is a borrowed mechanic from previous sets that were that were novel in those sets. So mm -hmm. uh, this one example, like I mentioned, level X's. This is a level X. It's a super powerful dude that you put on top of a dude with the same name. Um, and you can only, I think there's like a rule where you can only have one of something in a deck that's like, I don't know, um, some rules like that. The ability that you can only use once a, a turn, once a game, V-Star Power, is essentially your GX attack. So that is a remix from the GX era. The um, Vs are obviously, and Vmaxes are obviously 
EX and Mega evolutions just bigged up a little bit, right? That's literally what it is. Um, continuing in the three prize format with tag teams, and you have now VMAXs also give up three prizes. I, I The more I think about it, the more like this entire era is just very, uh, and let's not say it's a bad thing. It's almost like Creatures Inc. has decided, hey, Instead of just trying to make, and then even V unions, right? Like the Legends cards, but like it's Legends cards, but twice as much. <laughs> so they, they've literally just decided to take all of these mechanics from the last maybe 10 years of the Pokemon TCG and put them all into the same block, which is Sword and Shield. So, um, and what I expect is that this V Star mechanic, if you look at the GX era, there was two years of regular GX with, with evolution, like Zoroark GXs. Then they only had one year that they produced tag teams. We we think about like tag teams as being this overwhelming thing, but it was only the year 2019 that tag teams were ever produced. And that was the that was the bridge year between Sun and Moon to Sword and Shield. This V-Star mechanic, I think, is the bridge year between the Sword and Shield era and whatever era comes after. Um, so I I don't know. That's sort of like the more I thought about it, like I think that's a really interesting way to define the era of Pokemon that we are in. Yeah, I think that's a good little point as well that I don't think a lot of people have brought up. I don't think a lot of people have talked about. I mean, we talk about the future a lot, I think, on this podcast, especially because we do collecting. We do analysis of how cards will affect the meta and things like that. I don't think a lot of people have thought about that yet. Yeah, I don't know. I just, just did some thinking about it. And I'm like, I, I think this V-Star mechanic is very cool. I personally love that perhaps the most powerful cards in the game will go back to being two prizers. I don't think we'll ever see a single prize format again. I just, <laughs> I don't think that, and I don't think it makes sense for Pokemon to do that, right? Like single, we've had two prizers now for the better part of a decade. I think in the game is very healthy. Generally, I mean, you know, from a, how many people play it perspective, from a, from a dollars and cents perspective, right? Yes. It's very healthy. Um, and I, I hopefully, though, this indicates that, like, you know, once VMAXs rotate, because these are all, if you've noticed, block F. So VMAXs, potentially, this might be the last one with VMAX Climax. And so long as all the VMAX Climax cards that get printed have E block, there will be a window where V stars are legal, but VMAXs will be expanded. And then Pokemon can do a soft reset back to two prizers or less, which I think would be wildly healthy for the meta. I think it would be pretty cool. Honestly, yeah. I just want to, man, I want to be able to play like mad party <laughs> and do well, like at an yeah. actual event or like some like single prize deck. Yeah. Also control archetype, bring that back. I mean, Starbirth might be a good thing for single prize decks, you know, for evolution decks, you can get two cards Two rare candies, just boom. Yeah, but you just can't accelerate the energies, you know. That's true. That that it's is only the Pokemon. Yeah, that that's a little sad. They're kind of forcing you into a two prize world uh, with the. Although with something like Zacian, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. This this has the potential to make Zacian even more broken. Well, I mean, it's fallen off. It's fallen off a little bit, but maybe yeah, yeah this just compels it. Arceus Zacian. Bang, bang, choo-choo train type deal. Kind of whack-a-mole yeah. style, I would say. But, Sean. Yes. Now is the time for the new 
mm-hmm. segment that we got going on. You had mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast that we have a new era, mm-hmm. a new thing to present every single week on the podcast. What would tell us a little bit about it? So as as listeners have probably noticed, especially those who follow us on Twitter, we always come out with our podcast on Tuesdays. Pokemon mm-hmm. seems to always release their new news on Tuesday around 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time after we have uploaded our podcast for the week. So it's it's a running uh, joke that we are always the last podcast to cover any news. Um, so rather than change the date that we release our podcast, which would be the pragmatic approach, no, no. We are going to have a segment, which we don't know the name of yet. Give us names on Twitter if you have any suggestion, but I'm going to call it Tomorrow's News Today, um, <laughs> where we... Jake and I try to predict what the news that's going to be coming out tomorrow is likely to be. And then we'll see if we get it right. It'll be, it'll be a fun little segment. So, Sean, what, what would you say is your tomorrow's news today of the week? I, I think the easy out is they will announce the release date, the launch date of PTCG Live tomorrow. Um, the reason being... As we noted uh, a week ago or so, Fusion Strike should have mention of PTCG Live in their code cards instead of PTCGO. The pre-release in which those code cards will all of a sudden be in the world starts this weekend. So, (laughs) I mean, unless there are unforeseen difficulties (laughs) with program, um, I imagine they're going to have to at least release the beta for Canada now and maybe the full North America or or whatever release within the next two or three weeks. So I think today there will be some announce, or you know, today when the podcast comes out, there'll be an announcement of that. Jake, do you have a prediction? I like, I want to piggyback off you. And it, because like, what else could possibly happen? We've gotten so much news this week, so much exciting news that like, that's like the final thing, it seems like, right? The new ladder also resets today at the time of this recording Monday because we record on Monday's release on Tuesdays. So new ladder comes out, new news comes out about release day of PTCG Live. It makes sense. It's scary. It seems way too soon, but it makes sense. Yeah, I would say. So I I think I am just going to piggyback off of you this week. To be honest, this week was an easy one. I'm just because we have a lot of information. So um, we still could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe we'll all be opening our Fusion Strike pre-releases with code cards we can't use for an app that isn't released. I don't know. It could happen, right? Yeah, that just that that to (laughs) me just seems like blasphemy. Like, it just seems like, oh, my gosh, I just like when's the beta coming out? Like I asked, I said this when we were talking before the pod, but like. The beta is supposed to come out. Has nobody broken their NDA about the beta? Like, is it's like top secrecy? Like, I, it's hard to imagine with the cloud chasing stuff yeah. these days that nobody has. Posted if it is in secrecy, that nobody has broken. Also, Top Tech Academy is being recorded mm. right now. Like, I think Andrew was talking about how he was recording Top Tech Academy stuff that's coming back. That has to be on PTCG Live, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd think they would use. Top Tech Academy to showcase the new platform. So maybe that, I mean, that may all just be part of a big PR push where they do a soft launch for two weeks uh, in Canada. Uh, 
and then the code cards are not actually live until official release date, which is common. You know, like you can't always use your pre-release codes immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then actually on November 12th, I want to say, like proper release day is when there is a an international launch of PTCG Live. So I, you know, that's my prediction. Soft launch and and uh, live, like full launch dates announced uh, being, you know, this next two weeks and then November 12th for the full date. That's my prediction. I, I, oh man, remember when we called Level Ball though? You, yeah, no, that was you. That was all you. That the- we, I mean, we did that so we could call, we could call something through this here. I wouldn't be surprised if we had like a 33% hit rate yeah. on these predictions after like three months. I mean, you know, maybe uh, some listeners will keep tally for, for us on <laughs> what, what our batting average is on this. But anyways, if you like this podcast, please make sure to leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you're on. Spotify, YouTube, leave a nice comment as well if you're listening slash watching through that. And I hope that you join us next week on the podcast. A very exciting episode in the works. I got I can't I can't contain my excitement. I just want to leak all of it right now. (laughs) All right. See y'all next week. Bye.